Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 345th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this weekend, and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is Dustin Johnson putting on a show over the weekend to run away with the WGC Mexico Championship by five strokes over none other than Rory McIlroy. And it's really been interesting to see what this 20th career victory means before the age of 35. Uh, which puts him on a select list to win 20 tournaments at that young of an age and basically gives him a lifetime tour membership and a leg up on getting in the World Golf Hall of Fame down the road. It kind of snuck up on us a little bit, uh, Dustin Johnson's career. Not that he hasn't been prominent in the past few years. But uh, didn't realize, and I'm guessing a lot of people didn't, uh, the significance of getting a 20th career victory, uh, carrying with it all the perks that I just mentioned. He uh, always been known as a long, long hitter, but he's really been putting his game together here in recent years, starting with when he finally broke through at Oakmont in Pittsburgh to win his first major, which, of course, was the U.S. Open. I was there in attendance that Sunday afternoon, that whole weekend, but in particular that Sunday, especially on the 16th, when he made the shot of his career to basically seal the victory. And uh, he's just been consistently, uh, you know, in the mix and winning a few tournaments every year, and suddenly he has uh, reached the magical 20 mark. So hats off to Dustin Johnson. Uh, He just, again, really put the, put the pedal to the metal yesterday in, uh, again, winning by five strokes at 21 under. That's uh, one heck of a score to say the least. And it was a great tournament down there in Mexico city. A lot of the big names were there. And, you know, you had a great leaderboard, to say the least, with the likes of uh, Paul Casey and, uh, of course, Rory McIlroy. And speaking of Paul Casey, I was uh, listened in to the Valspar Championship from Innisbrook Golf Resort and Spa down in near Tampa, in Palm Harbor, Florida, to be exact. 
It was held last Tuesday, and Paul Casey is the defending champion and just had a great uh, a great conference call for media day, and uh, he's an impressive guy, to say the least. He's having a good year, obviously. He was second to Phil Mickelson out of Pebble Beach a couple weeks ago in the mix over the weekend down in Mexico City and as the defending champion. And we all remember that final Sunday last March at the Valspar at Innisbrook when uh, he basically held off Tiger Woods and Patrick Reed, who both finished tied for second. And uh, Tiger, of course, that was really the announcement to the golf world that he was back. It was his first time basically uh, in the hunt on a Sunday uh, for his comeback. And uh, so to say that got a lot of attention. It was, of course, record-breaking galleries at Innisbrook as Tiger had a good tournament and, again, was in the hunt on Sunday record TV ratings for the Valspar. So it was just a great uh, a great conference call to listen into and really get to know Paul Casey a little bit, who is uh, a very affable, unlikable guy. And uh, the Valspar is coming up here uh, March 21st through 24th uh, down in Innisbrook. So sure to be appointment viewing as the Florida Swing gets underway starting this weekend down at uh, PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens. So here we go. We've got a month coming up uh, of tournaments down in Florida, which will include Bay Hill and the Players' Championship, which has been moved to March from its traditional May schedule. And uh, it's going to be a good month down there, no doubt about it. Well, my low light of the week is what seems like the never-ending saga of Antonio Brown, the Steelers' wide receiver, who, as we all know, has been uh, has been basically demanding a trade. And he met last week with uh, the owner of the Steelers, Art Rooney, uh, Art Rooney the second, Art's grandson, the founders, and Dan Rooney's son. And basically, uh, according to Antonio Brown's tweet, and right after the meeting and follow-up from the Steelers, uh, they've agreed to part ways. And now the uh, and now the speculation is where will he go? And it looks like uh, they're moving on from Le'Veon Bell as well. Big week for Steeler announcements. He, of course, sat out last year, and they're both extremely talented to put it mildly could certainly make the case that Antonio Brown's the best wide receiver in the game and Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in the game uh, largely due to his tremendous pass catching abilities but the Steelers did not make the playoffs they have been uh, high drama down there in Pittsburgh for the better part of two years uh, thanks to Le'Veon Bell for the past couple of years, and now Antonio Brown for the past couple months. And uh, I think the Steelers are wise to move on uh, from these two, as talented and as great as they are, and get back 
to uh, who they have been basically for the last 50 years. Since they hired Chuck Knoll in 1969, they've been the model franchise in not just the NFL, but perhaps all of sports with, as we all know, three head coaches. It's just remarkable when you think about it uh, with Chuck Knoll, followed by Bill Cowher, followed by Mike Tomlin. It's uh, just amazing. So I think a lot of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and I grew up down that way, uh, are ready to just get back to what the Steelers have always been, which is a do-it-right franchise uh, without much drama. And my bizarre story of the week is uh, Bryce Harper, the number one free agent still being available with spring training well underway. Phillies seem like the front runner, but uh, apparently Harper had a meeting with the Dodgers. Uh, we all know the news that Manny Machado signed with the San Diego Padres last week for the richest contract in the history of American sports. Let that one sink in for a while. And uh, he was $300 million for 10 years, so obviously $30 million a year. And, uh, and that set the market, so to speak, certainly for, at minimum, Bryce Harper, who will sign, of course, probably for, I'm guessing, a slightly higher price than Manny Machado and uh, Scott Boris is his agent. So that bears watching. That could be big news coming this week out of baseball, but it's still pretty amazing that Harper and many others remain unsigned as we uh, are here at the end of February, heading into March. And other notable weekend events were uh, the Houston Rockets going into Golden State on Saturday night, nationally televised game on ABC. Pre, right before the game, it was announced that James Harden would not play due to a, a, a neck uh, situation and uh, apparently had the flu, but yet the Rockets went in there and basically took control of the game from start to finish, and, uh, and they beat the Warriors in Golden State. Uh, never an easy thing to do, but they did it. And a uh, really fun game to watch. Of course, Golden State closed towards the end to make it close. But, uh, but you know, the Rockets were able to hold them off. And lastly, also on Saturday night on NBC, opposite that Rockets-Warriors game was the Battle of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh Penguins at Philadelphia Flyers in what was the opening night of the stadium series of the NHL where they play outside in the stadium. They played at the Link, Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, where, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles play. And these two are, depends on the Flyers, are one of the best rivalries in all of sports, always spirited. And uh, it was certainly that on Saturday night, went to overtime where Claude Giroux won it in the three-on-three in overtime. So it was a great watch. Huge crowd, 70,000, just like an Eagles game. And uh, really great to watch. It was interesting weather, raining, which uh, can wreak havoc on the ice. But thankfully, no problems or injuries associated with that. But just a great watch. 
great pregame and whatnot. So good to have the stadium series underway. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you for joining us, as always. And we're getting deeper and deeper into the throes of college basketball, AP. Uh, March 1st is this Friday, and that, of course, means the beginning, so to speak, of March Madness. And uh, I know you're hot on the trail covering Alabama basketball, so where do things stand down there And uh Alabama with their with their basketball team. 
Yeah, well, right now, John, they're probably on the proverbial bubble. They're 7-7 seven and seven in the Southeastern Conference. They had a game against the winless uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is now 0-14 in the conference, and they beat them on Saturday. They had a 23-point lead, and they won 68-61. to It got a little bit tighter at the end. They were able to hold on. And uh, matter of fact, one of their better players was 0-7 shooting the basketball, John Petty. He, He's made 10 threes in one game, and this particular game on Saturday in Tuscaloosa was 0 for 7, didn't score a bucket. Really? Wow. Um, well, they're still in the hunt. That's the good news, right? Yeah, they're still in the hunt. They have to play at South Carolina tomorrow, who's who's won, John, an unbelievable amount of games in the conference, 9 or 10 right now. I think they're nine and five or ten and four at this moment. They had a very bad uh, non-conference uh, one-loss record, but in but in the SEC, they're w- one of the better teams. Believe it or not, so Alabama's to travel to Columbia, and it's going to be very difficult. And they have LSU at home, an early game, eleven o'clock Central on Saturday. Then Auburn uh, return will be returning to Tuscaloosa on Tuesday. Auburn has beaten Alabama by 20 points in the game at Auburn. So if they can somehow beat LSU and Auburn or let's say South Carolina and Auburn and maybe lose to LSU and then they finish up at Arkansas, maybe two games will suffice if it's the right two games. And you have to beat probably Arkansas on the road. Right. Well, not to mention that, you know, also AP, correct me if I'm wrong, if they make a run in the SEC tournament, uh, that could enhance their standing as well, right? I could put the exclamation yes. point on at the exact right time <clears throat> of year. Yes, good point. Last year they made, Colin Sexton uh, made a last-second bucket against Texas A&M, probably propelled them into the NCAA tournament, actually. Right, right. And he, of course, was a uh, first-round pick of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Colin Sexton, yeah. so uh, quite a player. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I know you're going to some of the games, and I'm guessing you're planning to go to more. Yeah, I'll be at the SEC tournament in Nashville. It's a good congregation of all the media people and the teams, so I always like to attend that and cover that event. And another team in the state, Auburn, they're actually at 7-7 seven and seven as well in the conference. They were blown out. In Lexington, I had that feeling that it wasn't going to be a good day for them, and but they're going to have their chances as well to play their way into the tournament. So it'd be nice to have Alabama and Auburn in the tournament. Yes, it would be indeed, no doubt about it. Uh, well, AP, um, that wasn't the only big news in college basketball last week. Of course, the Zion Williamson sneaker gate situation just dominated the headlines i mean i myself uh you know nestled in and got comfortable to and excited to watch the north carolina uh duke game from cameron indoor and you know it was hyped all day long at espn of course and and in days leading up to it and to have that happen and as jay billis said right on the broadcast he doesn't remember ever seeing that happen before, and certainly I don't either, uh, to have his sneaker basically disintegrate, for lack of a better word, 36 seconds into the game was uh, just unbelievable to see, number one, and really disappointing for what was just uh, setting up to be, you know, one of the great, a great game in one of the, in 
one of, if not the greatest rivalry in all of sports. So that was just too bad. Of course, North Carolina obviously took advantage. They're a quality team always. And, you know, they took advantage of Zion being out uh, and, you know, basically held a 10-point lead throughout the game and won by something like 10 points at the end. So it wasn't the game we were all looking for, that's for sure. No, no, I was stunned by two things, John. Number one, the, the sneaker disintegration and what happened to Zion Williamson, the injury. But then the other uh, thing that puzzled me was, I think it was 62 points scored by North Carolina in the paint. I don't know if I've heard a number so large of points and scored in the, by the opposing visiting team in the interior. Wow. Yes, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it all fits, right, AP? No Zion and uh, North Carolina with the good inside game, not to mention this year for one of the first years in a while, they're, uh, you, you know, more of a perimeter team. But, you know, with Zion gone, that opened up the inside and they took advantage, as you would expect they would. Again, good coach, yes. great coach, Roy Williams. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they did. They just really dominated the game. There were some interesting statistics of just about rebounding where Duke was, you know, woefully short on the rebounding front. And, of course, North Carolina basically dominated. No surprise. Yeah, the defense was really bad, John. I mean, they were just uh, trailing the cutters all night long. It was tremendous interior passing by the Carolina players. And I just never thought I'd hear of a day where there were 60-plus points scored by the opposing visiting team inside. It's just remarkable. That was one of the best North Carolina games I've ever witnessed against Duke. Correct, correct. Well, there's no question, AP, that, you know, they got quite the shot in the arm with Zion being out of the game 36 seconds in. And, you know, this was being billed as basically uh, the Zion Williamson game, so to speak. I mean, he's the guy that everybody was most interested in watching, the dominant college player of the year, uh, you know, in the news day in, day out. And, uh, you know, which is... Even more impressive when you consider the great freshmen around them, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and the like. And yet, uh, you know, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't in the game. So it just, uh, it really just took the air right out of that game, really quickly. And they, you know, to ESPN's credit, within minutes they had, you know, the news that he would not return to that game. And and moving on, AP. So then Duke went into the Carrier Dome on Saturday night and beat uh, a Syracuse team that had beaten them in Cameron Indoor just a few weeks back or maybe a month or two ago. And uh, so that was impressive, and obviously without Zion, who was in street clothes. So Duke, uh, I don't think there's any surprise there. Uh, I think it was, I heard an interesting statistic, it was the largest on-campus crowd in college basketball history, 31,000 at the Carrier Dome, which, by the way, I drove by for the first time ever this past summer. And uh, mm-hmm. impressive facility on campus, to put it mildly. And uh, so, yeah, so that was, uh, you know, even more impressive. But no team you would expect to bounce back from something like that better than Duke, right? 
No, absolutely. And that was uh, a great victory for them going on the road after the big blowout loss at home. So, yeah, Duke basketball, I mean, they, they have other capable players down they are going to be drafted. So it wasn't totally surprise, a, a, a total surprise. No, no. I mean, Syracuse is a, a high-quality team, obviously, and have been for years, elite. And, you know, with that crowd, uh, 31,000, that's just amazing when you think about it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Duke had to go and earn it, put it that way. This wasn't, this wasn't a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. Plus, they, you know, you had a situation where Syracuse, unlike most teams, you know, they had beaten Duke a while back. So they therefore weren't fearing them. The game wasn't lost before they took the floor. Wasn't that kind of a situation at all. And, uh, you know, Syracuse just could never get over the top. Like they would get close, get within six or eight. And then Duke, to their credit, would come down and hit big shots. So pretty impressive performance, I must say. And, you know, you just have to like Duke uh, as the favorite going in. Uh, we'll be interested to see if they retain the number one ranking. But uh, they're certainly the most watched team. There, there can be no further doubt about that. They're, they're dominating this year, to say the least, with ratings and number of times on TV. And every Duke game is like a happening, right? Oh, oh yeah, Duke people like to watch them because they're like the New York Yankees and yep. other teams. Uh, they want to see them either win or half of the people or even more want to see them lose. Probably more than half want to see them lose. Correct. They're exactly that team. And I've had the good fortune to see, you know, Duke Nation uh, up close and personal, uh, most notably a couple of years ago at the uh, – NCAA opening round down in Providence, Rhode Island, nearby, and uh, uh, went down and covered that. And, yeah, seeing Duke Nation is, uh, you know, they're everywhere. Uh, They're large and they're loud, no surprise. And uh, I certainly won't soon forget how they traveled to, uh, to Providence a few years back. And I've seen them play at Boston College a number of years ago, whatnot, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun. You know, it's it's always interesting, always a lot of juice surrounding the game. When Duke comes to town, as we saw Saturday night when they went to Syracuse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Duke's going to draw a humongous crowd wherever they travel. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, Syracuse, a team that beat them this season, had some confidence, and, and Duke was still able to overcome without their star player and win that game. After they, you know, co- coming off that, that this, you know, that loss uh, against North Carolina. So, you know, Coach Shevsky, he's been in a lot of situations. He knows how to manage his team, and and they were victorious on Saturday night. Exactly, exactly, and uh, well said. Exactly, kind of the point I was making earlier that, uh, you know, for them to go in and do that under those circumstances, still without Zion, was, uh, you know was very impressive. Maybe one of their more impressive wins of the season, I would say. I'm, I'm guessing Coach K certainly feels that way. That was just a, a potential turning point game. And uh, so, of course, we now turn to the obvious question, when will Zion return? Of course, there was a lot of chatter about he should just shut it down, no longer play college basketball. 
He's obviously uh, favored to be the number one pick, where he will take home tens of millions of dollars. Uh, so with his first contract, so should be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, certainly we've seen no evidence that Zion is thinking of doing that. I mean, he could not have been more animated or engaged uh, on the bench on Saturday night at the Syracuse game. Yeah, he still has that enthusiasm for playing college basketball, and I'm, and I'm sure that he has an insurance policy, which you, you can obtain through the NCAA. That's, you don't need anyone's signature, and they've set that up. For the, you know, that's been in place for many years, and so he's going to be a millionaire. It just depends on how much. And, uh, John, it, it's not an unusual situation because years ago, I mean, when players were able to come out from high school, Jerry West thought enough of to take Kobe Bryant and trade Vladi Divac, I believe, to the Carolina team. So if he does not play another uh, second of college basketball, teams are going to still have them at the top of the board. Right. Oh, no doubt about that. Um, you know, we've been seeing this trend, uh, you know, with college bowl games in football where star players, you know, most notably Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, it's a growing trend. We said it would be as soon as it first happened. Now it's been happening for two or three years. So it's along those lines. And I think I heard his insurance policy, Zion's, is $8 million. If I'm not mistaken, but you make an interesting point, AP. I didn't realize that you actually players could get those policies through the NCAA. I never knew that. I thought it was just going out to private companies like Lloyd's of London or whomever. Yeah, you can do. You can have a private one as well, but right. the NCAA sponsors one, and it, it's based on the your projection in the draft, and it's uh, X amount of dollars per million. They're charged. Okay. So, so, in other words, if you get if you receive a, a grade of in the top six, that's one policy. Then seven through thirteen, let's say, or, or in basketball, might even be in the top. What is it? Thirteen is the um, lottery. Whatever that number is, you know, that's a that's a certain policy that all the players are granted, and that's for basketball. Of course, football is different. Football, you have to be have a grade of I think the first through the second or third round. And then they have one for women's basketball, they have one for baseball, and probably have one for hockey as well. And that's been implemented for for at least a decade. Fascinating. I literally did not know that the NSA offered that. And that's what we love about you joining the show, AP. You always come up with uh, uh, things we never heard or things that I never heard before. So that's good information. Well, hard to believe, AP. We're here at the end of our first segment together. So why don't we take our break now and uh, still have a lot more to get to on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. 
It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we are talking uh, college basketball last segment, but... Why don't we move into a little college football, as we like to do? And sounds like you have n- big news, uh, as always, on the Alabama football team and what the future holds. Yeah, John, Alabama, they're looking for football opponents, and they've had trouble in the past, but they, but this past uh, week they signed to play West Virginia, a home-and-home series beginning in 2026, and then... 2027, Alabama will visit Morgantown September 5th uh, in 26, and that'll be, uh, Nick Saban will be, I think, in his 75th year. He'll be 75 years old at that time if he's still around, and that's his home state, so that would be quite interesting if he coaches against West Virginia when he's in his 75th year. Well, that would just be perfect, wouldn't it? So when you say (laughs) September 5th, you're talking uh, opening weekend, Labor Day, so to speak, I'm guessing. Yes. And having had the uh, pleasure in the back in the day of covering West Virginia Mountaineers for a couple of years, 
uh, wow. I mean, it's just a wow, even though it's, uh, you know, six years away because them coming to Morgantown uh, will be gigantic. And as you said, Nick Saban, you know, he, he grew up in West Virginia, but he didn't just grow up there. I mean, he grew up in the shadow of Morgantown, like not far away, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, not very far. I think it's either 15 or 20 miles uh, south. Exactly. Exactly Monongra, right. I believe it is. So Monongra, it's very, yep. Very, very close, very close to uh, Morgantown. Correct. And so very that'll close. be, and they've only played one time in the past, and it's been the uh, opening Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta. You can think Alabama beat them by 10 points that day, 33-23. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see a different opponent, and the Alabama fans will get a chance to visit Morgantown, and then the West Virginia fans will have a chance to visit Tuscaloosa. Right. Well, AP, there's nothing like, uh, you know, one of the most passionate fan bases in all of college football, to say the least, and basketball. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that is going to be a happening extraordinaire. Uh, to put it mildly, especially if we're talking opening weekend, which it certainly appears we are. And geez, AP, I can't help but think, you know, when you factor in, they're going to West Virginia in the shadow of where Nick Saban grew up. And you mentioned he's going to be 75 years old that year. Uh, I can't imagine a more, you know, perfect time or whatever, you know, for him to stick around for, shall we say, or leave yeah, and, thereafter, oh, oh, if, you know, at age 75. Yeah, and I'm thinking that some of these coaches that we've seen in the last 10 years or so, they've coached until they're 80 or so, I guess. Didn't Bobby Bowden, he was, was he 80 at the time? Or I forgot the exact age, but I thought he was over 75 before he retired from Florida State. Exactly. Boy, I could really see that. I know we're looking far down the road, but uh, I could definitely envision that. Um, and here I'm looking right at it. Alabama adds home and home series with West Virginia. It's on the Mountaineer website. And uh, wow. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on with, uh, you know, West Virginia football, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't their coach, Dana Holgerson, move on to a new job? He did. He went to the University of Houston. Yep. And okay. He's back in Texas again, and then uh, Troy University had some exceptional seasons the last few years. And West Virginia hired Neil Brown, the coach of Troy University, who I think is a graduate from the University of Massachusetts. Okay. All right. Um, there's always the New England angle, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's big news. You know, uh, Dana Holgerson, he came here, or here, there, from, I believe, Oklahoma State, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, he had a good run. He really did. Never quite broke through, was right on the verge a couple times. But, you know, this past year, they had Oklahoma at home, and uh, near the, at the end of the season, Oklahoma won. And, you know, so, again, he had a... Dana Holgerson had a good run, and but just never quite broke through to the college football playoff and the like. But uh, speaking of Oklahoma, AP and Alabama as well, Jalen Hurts, uh, obviously big news when he transferred as a graduate transfer. 
uh, went to Oklahoma. So it sounds like he's literally there in Norman as we speak, correct? Yes, he's enrolled at the University of Oklahoma. He's ready to take the helm of that program as the quarterback. And that system with Lincoln Riley, I don't think there's very many plays that they run, John, but they ask the quarterback to throw the football down the field as much as anyone. So Jalen Hurts and his ability to pass the football and his accuracy is going to be tested, and he was much improved this past season. Very I think much so. Bringing it, yeah, bringing in Dan Enos as the quarterback coach uh, furthered his development. So I think in Lincoln Riley, he's a, he's a great quarterback coach. Uh, his past two quarterbacks have won the Heisman Trophy. So Jalen Hurts is going to uh, fit in well with that program, I believe, and he's a good leader. And every, everyone is looking for leadership, and uh, I think they found one in Jalen Hurts, especially at their quarterback position. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, you almost can't think of a more perfect uh, match than Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. You know, I, 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 he, let's just say he and Kyler Murray have similar games. Uh, Jalen Hurts, of course, in his early years at Alabama, uh, was known as a mobile quarterback, but uh, I think he shocked everybody, including Georgia, in that SEC championship game when he came off the bench to relieve Tua, and he just lit it up, and it was immediately obvious that his uh, passing skills had improved immeasurably, uh, you know, in the, in the previous year leading up to the SEC title game this past December. And, John, the, the best thing that I saw in that game from Jalen Hurts was his ability to scramble, move to his right, and have his eyes down the field and throw with accuracy. That's, that's critical in, in this world of football right now because you're so much high pressure from the defensive edge and the, and the uh, schemes that they employ to try to get to the quarterback. You must be able to run, but also to throw on the run is critical. Uh, you know, in your development as as a quarterback, and you know your ability to help the help the team. Correct, correct. And you know, I can remember, uh, you know, back early in the season, last September, what have you, and you know, there was talk about Jalen Hurts becoming perhaps the quote greatest free agent in the history of college football, and if not ever, and uh, you know, I, I think that kind of toned down a bit, but got resurrected to a degree with the great SEC title game he had, and then uh, basically rescued, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat that day, and uh, yeah, so here we are on the other side. He's literally, as you said, enrolled, and uh, you know, it got a lot of play, but it hasn't, I don't know how much it's been analyzed, but AP, I mean, you just have to think that He's just going to thrive, to put it mildly, as the Oklahoma quarterback. I mean, everything just seems perfect, most importantly, his coach. Yeah, it's a quarterback-centric system, so he's going to have tremendous opportunity to showcase his, his passing ability, and, his, and, and they'll ask him to run the football, too, because as you know, right. last season, Kyler Murray, he had 892 yards rushing the football, so they have quite a few plays designed for the quarterback to use his legs and and uh, put that pressure on the defense. And another thing, John, I was going to mention about uh, Jalen Hurts playing at Oklahoma, 
the first opponent is against the University of Houston up in Norman, and Jalen is from Channel View, Texas, which is right near Houston. So uh, the only thing that could have made that a better game if it was played in Houston. Wow, exactly. That'll be his opening game this September, huh? Oh, opening game. So uh, wow. they'll have, I'm sure all the TV stations from Houston will be at the ball game, and it's perfect for Jalen uh, all his fans back in Channel View will see him play, and, and I'm sure quite a few of them will travel up to Norman for the game. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, and Houston's a quality program in the American Athletic Conference, which you and I yes. have both covered, and that'll be great. That'll be uh, a great game, and Dana Holgerson will be the coach, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a one big circle in this conversation. Exactly. Bingo. Well, I don't think we can improve upon that circle. So why don't we take our final break, AP, and still a few things to get to on the other side of the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham. 
veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Honda Classic, starting the annual March PGA Florida Swing. It's going to be this weekend on a PGA National, and uh, again, it's the first of uh, four straight tournaments down in Florida. Uh, It'll be followed by the Bay Hill in Orlando, the players in uh, Pontevedra near Jacksonville, and then, of course, the Valspar at Innisbrook Golf Resort in Palm Harbor, Florida, right near Tampa. So, AP, uh, yes, I was talking at the beginning of the show about Dustin Johnson uh, winning yesterday down in Mexico City. It was pretty interesting to me, and I know you uh, like your golf and have covered golf in the past, and I found it fascinating that what happens when a player wins his 20th uh, career tournament. It's uh, immediate lifetime, PGA lifetime membership, which I did not know. And uh, and only a handful have done it by the age of 35. Dustin Johnson's 34. And, uh, and it almost invariably leads to being elected to the uh, Golf Hall of Fame. So I just, you know, who knew, right? I had no idea that a 20th career victory carried that kind of significance with it. I didn't know that was a magic number, like 3,000 hits in baseball. And, exactly. Bingo. Uh, I, I didn't realize that was the, the number in golf. No, and it's gotten, obviously, a lot of play. And, you know, he put the hammer down to win by five strokes in Mexico City uh, yes, you know, you know, yesterday, uh, 21 under for the tournament. And, you know, been a great player for a while, uh, still has just the one major that I have actually was attending at Oakmont back in 2016. And, uh, but you know, again, he's a household name, certainly in golf circles, but you know, that said, it kind of snuck up on us a little bit that, you know, his, at least it did to me, his 20th career victory. And then to learn again, the significance of what that means. So yeah, pretty interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, if you hadn't told me, John, on that number 20, I would have not known, but I know that's that's a fantastic amount of wins. It sounds it big is. to me, 20. And uh, But now I know that that's the, uh, the goal in, in golf, to win 20 major, have 20 major victories on the tour, or victories on the tour, and uh, that goes hand-in-hand hand with the 3,000 hits and 500 home runs in baseball. Exactly, yes. Uh, again, I'm sure the PGA is loving it just for the fact that that number of 20 career wins is, you know, getting the the word out there of what that means. And then you start looking at others. I think Rory has 14, you know, and you start looking at Rory, Jordan Speaks to the World, on and on and on. And it's a, you know, it just generates a new topic for the PGA, which I'm sure they're loving. Um, but AP, you know, I wanted to touch on that. Rockets, Warriors game, very impressive what they did uh, going in and winning on Saturday night when right before game time it was announced James Harden would not play due to the flu and uh, a neck injury of sorts. So yeah, again, just pretty, uh, 
you know, pretty impressive bottom line to me is, you know, Houston had them on the ropes last year in the playoffs until Chris Paul got hurt. And for them to go into Golden State and win on Saturday night without James Harden, uh, they, they kind of are the team that, to a degree, has Golden State's number. They haven't quite broken through, but uh, no. <laughs> that was impressive Saturday night. So that bears yeah, watching definitely. in the playoffs. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely a nemesis of Golden State, and I think it puts some doubt in their mind as they approach the uh, playoffs. This Houston team, uh, we better take them seriously. Last year was not a fluke. Correct. Exactly right. I think that's the take-home that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it's as we know in all of sports, AP, and probably particularly in basketball, it's all about matchups. And for whatever reason... Houston, Golden State has a problem matching up with Houston. They just do. And it was evident in the playoffs last year. It was even more evident on Saturday night without their best player, James Harden, who scored 30-plus in whatever, 35 games in a row or something like that. So we shall see. But, again, that, that, that sort of uh, uh, bears watching, and everything we just said will be magnified if and when they meet in the playoffs this spring. Usually, John, it's styles of play or matchup, as you describe, that give a team an edge. And, and for Houston against Golden State, it's definitely the matchup. So, yeah, I can't wait if those two teams uh, get a chance to to play against each other in, in the playoffs. Exactly. Well, AP, here we are at the end of the show. Uh, goes quickly, as always, but I just want to thank you, as always, for calling in and lending your expertise, particularly on the Jalen Hurts story and uh, Alabama basketball as well. So uh, appreciate you calling in, as always. Hey, thank you so much, John. Look forward to the next time. As do we, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.